It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Frances Ann Solomon. She is the founder and executive director of the Caribbean Tales Media Group. And that is something that has been built over 20 years. And the Caribbean Tales Media Group provides an ecosystem of screen-based activities that serve black, indigenous, and people of color creators and audiences. And it's a pipeline of services from creation through to production, exhibition, and distribution that uplifts, enriches, and promotes and monetizes the BIPOC film and television content. It is owned by black-owned and staffed and controlled, and uh, their board leadership and staff are mainly black and culturally diverse people. And we're here to talk to Francis Ann about the uh, the new uh, year. It's the 16th anniversary, I believe it is. Uh, uh, Francis Ann, is that correct? Yes, we have. Oh, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. So, yeah, um, Caribbean Tales International Film Festival is 16 years old this year. And we also have our Cinefam Film Festival, mm. which uh, celebrates uh, women of color creators. And that festival is five years, five years this year. Well, Limitless Imagination by Women of Color. Yes, thank you, your theme. And I, I thank you for joining us on the show to talk about both Cinefam, the film festival, and uh, and the Caribbean Tales Media Group. Um, it, it's great that this is going on. Now, this runs the Cine, Cinefam Film Festival from September 8th to the 24th, correct? Yes, yes. Actually, yeah, um, I'm sorry. It's until October the 24th. So the actual film festival is... Um, is on the 23rd and 24th. Mm-hmm. But before that, we have a series of events. We have our Shop Talk series, yes. which is behind the lens um, with some of the uh, actual filmmakers. And so we have four, five Shop Talks, actually. So uh, on the September the 15th, 22nd, 29th, October the 6th and October the 13th. So those are our weekly shop talk sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the festival itself, as I said, is on the 23rd and 24th of, of, um, of October. Of October. Okay. Yes. Congratulations. Now tell me more about this behind the scene lens and panels in the shop talk a little bit more. What, what goes on in them? Who's invited? So shop talk is a, a is a is a tradition that we've had for a few years where we get an opportunity to go behind the lens with some of the actual makers of films mm. so with filmmakers and it's like an inside track on on some of the creators the technicians basically it's shop talk mm-hmm. right so mm. <laughs> um, insider shop talk filmmaker shop talk so on. On September the the fifteenth, which is the first shop talk that we have, mm-hmm. we have it's called. Um, we've got um, Michelle Mohabir, who's the filmmaker for Queer Coolitudes, which mm-hmm. is a film that we show we saw last year. Okay. We screened last year, mm-hmm. and Shari Leon, 
as well as Barbara Mamabolo. These are all Canadian filmmakers, mm -hmm. um, female creators of color, and it's hosted by Shona Foster, who is a director and producer and a board member of BIPOC, BIPOC Film and TV, mm. um, which is a, the organization that is partnering with us for that particular shop talk. So that's Behind the Lens, mm -hmm. um, number one, which looks at cinematography. And then on September the 22nd, we've got our hostess, Tanya Hales, uh, the founder of Black Moms Connection. Mm -hmm. And the panelists are going to be Angela Onwura, who again is a Canadian filmmaker, Sadaf Kaji, mm -hmm. another Canadian filmmaker, and um, Katarzyna Kochani. Three amazing filmmakers whose work is going to be profiled in the film festival. And the theme, again, is going to be motherhood, like mm. black motherhood. Mm. The third shop talk is on September the 29th. And that's the Asian connection. Mm. Um, so we've got um, Asian Canadian filmmakers. Um, it's important to note that 60% of the world population is actually Asian. Wow. Um, so it's really important yeah. and to to recognize Asian Canadian filmmakers. The host is Coco Galore, who is a comedian and curator and half of the dynamic improv comedy duo Coco and Daphne, mm -hmm. which is and then um, we have a number of great Canadian filmmakers who are going to to be profiled there. Um, so. Uh, I'm not seeing the names Christopher Yo mm -hmm. and Zipporah Johannes are two of them nice. um, that's also a film that we're going to be showing at the festival mm. and then finally I think um, the the October oh no there are two more the October the 6th uh, shop talk is going to be the storytelling and writing workshop mm. specifically for women and non-binary creators of color mm. and the host is Chartrice Dolawai who's a wonderful writer and performer, proud Torontonian uh, creator and um, she's going to be interviewing a number of, of writers uh, Canadian writers and the final one, October the 13th and the the theme is BIPOC love, family, self, and relationships. Mm. The host is Inoji, um, who's a spoken word, word artist in Toronto. And she's got a, a, a lineup of amazing uh, filmmakers talking about BIPOC love. Love through the lens. Nice. That all sounds wonderful. And that's just one part of what you've got going on with the film yeah. festival. That's Those great. Are the, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, can you give us a little bit more about the background of, of, of both? Of Cinefam? Yeah. Of which one? Cinefam. Yeah. I was going to okay. say both, the, both uh, the Caribbean Tales group as well as the Cinefam. But uh, sure, let's start with Cinefam. Absolutely. This is the fifth year, you said, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Cinefam started... As I said, uh, six years ago, um, you know, of all the, th I'll just say that that um, as a female creator of color, as a black filmmaker in Canada, uh, it's been really tough. Mm. Um, that you're in, you're, there's a way in which we've we've been invisible in mm. the industry, and of you know the surveys and studies that have been done, not just here 
in Canada, but also internationally um, have um, held that out, have, you know, held that up. So for example, uh, studies done in the States, um, maybe four or five years ago, basically said that women of color make up 0.04% of the workforce in the Canadian industry, in the industry, in the American industry. Hmm. And then more recently, Women in View this year, actually, uh, their report said a few years ago, they they had a report that said that women of color and indigenous women were really badly represented, less than 1% in terms of the workforce. Um, And this year, um, their study confirmed that again, they did another study this year that confirmed that while gender equity has been reached in the industry, in other words, <clears throat> women um, are 50% of the workforce in Canada, women of color and, and indigenous women remain below 1%. Wow. So, and, um, and, 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 um, um, the head of Telephone Canada, which is, of course, our our funding body, our industry funding body in Canada, um, Krista Dickinson actually um, was quoted in an article just about a month ago, saying that that you know she felt that the Canadian industry, based on those figures, i.e., that fifty we we're talking about fifty percent of the industry is mm. now of the workforce is now female, mm. but that's white women. Yeah. And that the industry is really letting down women of color, has betrayed women of color. So really, that was that was really, I mean, it's good to see those kinds of, I don't know how I feel about it, actually. It's, it's, it's I guess it's affirming and kind of, you know, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to see those kinds of figures and statements being made publicly. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, um, you know, to be one of those statistics that's falling off the bottom of the survey chart um, is has been really hard. And so that was really the basis for me starting Cinefam. I wanted to raise, you know, the visibility of the incredible storytellers um, in my communities, um, that the community that is defined by by um, by by women who who are not white. Mm. Um, and the other thing I would say, I would add to that to give you some context, is that visible minorities in Canada as a whole are at around thirty percent right now, right? Mm. So that means, given that women are fifteen, fifty uh, percent of of, you know, the population, basically more, mm-hmm. um, that means that there's 15% of the of the entire Canadian population who are women of color. And when you set that beside the statistics of, the statistic of under 1% of the workforce, it's essentially that there is a barrier to entry mm. of women who are not white. Um, and then in, you know, even closer to home in, in Toronto, as you know, you know, the popul- the non-white population is closer to 55%. Mm. I mean, there are areas of the GTA, you know, Markham and so forth, where the non-white population is 80, mm. 80%, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a very diverse right. community. Yeah. And so when you think about the, what that means in terms of exclusion, from the industry, it's very, very serious. Yeah. So that's why I started. I started. I wanted to throw 
to say we tell amazing stories. Yeah. Um, we have incredible stories to tell. Our perspectives matter. Sure. And to really lift up and celebrate the work and voices of women of color in the industry. Right. Yeah. Well, I would think that given the information you just shared and the idea that you, and, and it's why you wanted to create this, um, I can well imagine uh, the kind of requests that you are then getting from uh, women uh, of color uh, regarding the uh, festival and and other opportunities that, that people are looking for in order to get their uh, either creations made or shared or or just uh, you know find out more information. You must be inundated with a lot of requests and questions. Oh, you think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no the point is we're excluded i don't know if you got that message no 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 i'm thinking you know, no no i'm sorry no 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 i'm i'm talking about people of from people oh. of color from oh, black women, women from color, yeah. yes from the people that are wanting to break through like yourselves and, yes i think so i think so yeah we got we 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 uh we we're we're working closely with a lot of women and we, we're proud to showcase amazing films of course Absolutely. no yeah. but, I, but, but i'm but i'm glad you said what you did say there that you know I missed the point because uh, I, I was going to I, I didn't miss the point and I, I did right, no, no, of course get it but I was going to ask you though because of what you just said from the fact that you are an award winning filmmaker and director a member of the Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences mm-hmm. what has yeah. that experience allowed you to see and or and or hear from your your own personal life well, I, I'm very proud to be um, a woman who comes from Trinidad. Mm. Um, you know, my background and my heritage is incredibly rich. Mm. Um, the histories that I embody and stories that I have to tell are amazing. Um, I'm very, you know, I, I take great pride in my work and in, in, in the stories that I have to tell. Mm. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's really, I think it's, a, it's I think it's, um, it's, it's enriching. It will only enrich the, the, the general culture and, um, of Canada, mm. you know, to embrace, uh, uh, everybody's stories. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, you know, Oh, you know, is it going to kind of, you know, if we, you know, open the doors to, or if we may mandate greater representation, basically, you know, mm. for example, at the, on the Academy, they recently mm. passed a, a, um, a, a kind of policy yeah. saying that, you know, they've opened the doors. They, they're saying that people have to have representation by women of people of color in order to qualify for the Oscars um, starting next year. Mm. Right. And people are like, Oh, that's terrible. That means that the quality is going to go down. Oh. And I just don't get it. I'm like, wow. how can opening it up like it it wasn't how can expanding the entry how can letting more content um you know be competitive it will increase the quality Mm. obviously Mm. because you'll have a greater choice Mm. right (laughs) wider voices it will expand everybody's uh perception of, of of reality and what films are what reality and what what imagination can do to have a much wider perspective mm-hmm. on the world you know yeah. so that's how i see it i see it as a contribution as a gift yeah that will be given to really the 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 land the 
the landscape of filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you think that 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 comment is something that is a fairly common thought within the industry? Uh, I think until recently it was, you know, there was this idea of, you know, oh, we have to have diversity and then much less funding would be would be given to diverse mm. uh, so-called diverse filmmakers because there was a perception that obviously they're inferior you yeah, know and even yeah. even recently um you know since the murder of george floyd which i mark yeah. as the official end to apartheid mm. in this industry like this an idea of of separation from between white and black sorry my dogs are here but um since since the murder of george floyd the agencies in canada have made a concerted you know they're really trying to be much more inclusive and there definitely has been pushback from you know the kind of um established in so-called established industry players and one of the arguments that they have um put forward is well you know maybe we should give some Maybe they should get funding from, you know, little parts of the Arts Council. But this is serious industry funding. You know, we can't dilute the quality. Like, seriously, this has been said even this year. We can't, you know, it's not appropriate to dilute the quality of, you know, films in this country, the high quality of films in this country, by allowing, by opening it up and allowing, you know, more access to different kinds of people. That really surprises me uh, to hear in this day and age to uh, comment mm-hmm. something like that. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. And my guest on the show is Frances Ann Solomon. She is the founder and executive director of the Caribbean Tales Media Group and the Cinefam Film Festival, which we are talking about, which runs from September 8th right up until uh, October 24th or 25th, I believe. Is that right, uh, Frances? That's correct, exactly. And if you want to find out more, you can go to their website at CaribbeanTalesFestival.com. There you can get tickets. You can find out more about all of the events and things that are happening and the wonderful films, the presentations. And uh, as Francis Ann was telling us uh, a little bit earlier in the program about the uh, shop talk uh, that they have going on weekly, I guess they are. Uh, and every week they have new panel discussions and uh, you can talk to uh, get a chance to share with some of the people in the industry. Uh, and now, Francis, and for those people that are interested um, in uh, not only uh, taking part in the festival, uh, seeing some of the films, buying the tickets, but maybe uh, getting some information, who are those Shop Talk uh, things open to? Are they open to anyone? Oh, or yeah. It, yeah. It's open to the general public. Okay. Yeah, the festival is actually free and open to the public. Yeah. It's um, it's available. It's a virtual festival this mm-hmm. year. Okay. Um, yeah. And so it's all happening online on our proprietary VOD platform, which is Caribbean Tales TV. Mm-hmm. So if you, you can go to, as you said, CaribbeanFestivals.com. You can also go to Cinefam.ca, which is the Cinefam uh, Festival website. Mm. Or you can trot on over to Caribbean Tales TV, which is our cinema, if you like, our virtual cinema. And you can, um, in all those places, you can sign up to attend any of our events. Wow. And as you say, it's all free? Well, Cinefam is free, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, so yes, it's. Uh, but it's uh, free things like uh, going, getting up to the award ceremony and those kind of things. Yeah, the whole festival is free this year. Ah, 
Wow. <laughs> now, it did I'm just wondering how you've seen this change because of COVID and going online and everything virtual. I, I've spoken with a number of people who have held other events that were uh, live events and that they had to also take them online to go virtual. And they have seen, in many cases, an increase in the viewing uh ship because it is online and people can be anywhere you know exactly and yeah it's definitely expands the audience reach of your events when people can come in from all over the world mm-hmm. and not just you know within five miles of, of the cinema in toronto you yeah. know it definitely has um open new audiences for us yes yeah. you know one of the other things i remember hearing also from a, a, a host that was it was for a comedy show and uh, this was actually also for um uh, uh people that uh, had limited access so this particular person uh, was in a wheelchair and i asked them how that had changed and they, they said it, it was so much better because they didn't have to worry about the traffic they didn't have to worry about yeah. access to buildings. Um, and in that regard, it, it was a lot better for them as well. Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of people are um, benefiting from not having to travel. You know, it makes life so much easier, cheaper, more convenient. Mm. But, you know, at the same time, there is nothing like a live event. That's very- there is nothing like it. You can, like, we, we do things in our events. You know, it's very interactive. Yep. We give away prizes. Yep. We really encourage interaction right off the bat. And mm. people love, you know, it's like walking into a cinema, but actually it's not. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing like a, you know, being in a space with a lot of people and and having that shared experience. It's really it, special. It is very true. I had the pleasure of emceeing an event uh, just a little while ago in Toronto, a live event with some live music. And, and as we were watching the, the musicians perform and things, it was one great just to be in a live audience, uh, of course, taking uh, protocols into place for COVID, etc. But um, you know, as I said uh, at a later point in the in the show, I said, you know, it's not just great to be able to see it, but when you're there, it's like being in a theater as well with the audience. You get to feel that, you know, you get to feel things that you share mm-hmm. with others as well, and you get to feel the music or, uh, you know, you get to um, uh, share those emotions uh, in the audience if it's, uh, if it's a film that is generating different kind of emotions from you. You get to, you get a sense of what the audience is feeling from that as well exactly yeah i completely agree with you and so we're very excited about getting back out you know once Mm -hmm. the once the um once the covid restrictions are lifted and you know working within the restrictions also Mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's been quite an amazing journey for us yeah um you know to be online to learn that you know so it's it's been it's been amazing i have to say yeah. Right. And, uh, and congratulations to you on the success of Cinefam and, and also uh, with the uh, Caribbean Tales. You know, I, I want to ask you about some of the films that are going to be shown this year. I know you touched on some of them, but I believe that there's um, the Roxanne Stewart Johnson's film, A Psychiatric Refugee, is making its Canadian premiere. That's right. Absolutely. We have some really amazing films. Um, the French Club, Canadian films by Karen Joseph. 
a psychiatric refugee, as you Mm -hmm. said, Roxanne's film, Mm -hmm. Wash Day, Courtney Jackson, Mm -hmm. which is a a short film, Mm -hmm. and um, a new film by Alicia Harris, um, who's a very um, talented young filmmaker called Only Light Will Touch Us, as well Mm -hmm. as many more. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a great lineup of of films by by Canadian women. Um, I could keep... We've got, we've also, we're actually pleased to be able to show Michelle Stevenson's film, which is award winning. I mean, shall I give you the complete breakdown? It's quite wonderful. Till, I'll, I'll, let me just call them out because they're all wonderful. Oh my goodness. Subjects of Desire, Jennifer Holness's uh, new film, Zahara, The Return uh, by Katarzyna Kochani, uh, Distance by Sarah Kaje, uh, Ripen by Zipporah Johannes, Till the Orchid Blooms, Sophie's Song, Sing Me a Lullaby, which is, of course, Tiffany Siang's wonderful film, award-winning, The Call by Barbara Mamabolo, uh, Grey Area, and I have to say all these are Canadian films, Canadian films by women. Nice. Um, so just to clarify, this uh, this the uh, the festival this year, the Cinefam Film Festival, is all online. There there's no uh, physical gatherings anywhere going on. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more then, just about the um, the performances and some of the events that will be taking place uh, leading up to the finale of of the event? We do have a mixer that takes place um, that, um, um, earlier in the day, mm-hmm. um, which is an online mixer, like mm-hmm. yeah, last year. Because mm-hmm. every year we have a, a physical mixer, mm-hmm. so our our um, Cinefam twenty twenty one mixer is going to be at Car- on Caribbean Tales TV, and mm-hmm. um, so we'll have games and music and you know we'll do our best and it's usually good last year we had one it was great fun really and then our cinefam award ceremony and yes. um is going to be um also online on caribbean tales tv and um it's hosted by our own veronica antipolo and um she's going to uh, give out all the awards okay now uh tell me more about caribbean tales tv uh, that's that's just an online uh uh, medium? Excuse me. Just is not quite the <laughs> word I would have selected. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank so you. in 2013, we jumped ahead of the queue and set up our own proprietary VOD video on demand service, Caribbean Tales TV, um, to, you know, where we house, over, we house over 300 films that mm. are available. Um, initially, they were available on pay-per-view by mm. pay-per-view, and now they're available on subscription video mm. on demand. Mm-hmm. So it's quite an extraordinary feat for um, it's one of the only VOD platforms that specifically targets um, and showcases films by black and and people of color um, in Canada and um, uh, this for the last two years obviously of the pandemic we've been hosting all our festivals there we have three film festivals that Mm. happen throughout the year Mm. one is Caribbean Tales International Film Festival one is our Windrush Caribbean Film Festival which is based in in um, which is rooted in the UK Mm -hmm. and our Cinefam Festival and um, now we're also starting to commission original work you know to do yeah so uh, just is not quite what amazing (laughs) incredible and groundbreaking would be the words I would use to describe Caribbean Tales TV. Uh, incredible. 
And so, you're yes. absolutely correct. Touche. You got you. me. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me on that. The That's amazing okay. Caribbean TV. All right. Caribbean. Television TV. And, and of course, people can go there. As you mentioned off the top of the show, if you want to find out more, you can go to Caribbean Tales, Tales uh, TV. TV and uh, com as well uh, to find out more about the festival, the Cinefam Film Festival that's running September 8th to the October 24th. And uh, listen, congratulations on all the success of this and uh, your anniversaries that you're celebrating with this as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for um, the opportunity to, to talk to you. It's great to meet you. And we look forward to seeing you at the Cinefam Film Festival. All right. Thank you. And, and I was just going to say that. You've said it for me. So thank you so much. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto, Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. I've been speaking with Francis Ann Solomon, the founder and executive director of the Caribbean Tales Media Group and a Cinefam Film Festival, which we have been talking about. And that is our show for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the Cinefam Film Festival. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, and of course, also on the iHeartRadio app. And if you download the app, you can take us with you anywhere you go. Well, it's a pleasure to start a new season. And my guest here on the show is Dr. Shirley Chichu. Now, Dr. Shirley Chichu is of James Bay Cree Heritage, and she is the founder and artistic director of the Wingushk Film Festival on Manitoulin Island. I love Manitoulin Island. I haven't been there yet this year. I really, really miss not going up to Manitoulin Island. If you haven't been to Manitoulin Island, you are missing out on something. Anyway, enough about that. Dr. Chichu is a residential school survivor, but prefers to go by the term residential school warrior. Also, she is an Order of Canada recipient and has dedicated her life's pain to constructive and positive change for young people. And by fostering new voices, the Wingush Film Institute helps to preserve and celebrate identities across Turtle Island. Turtle Island is an image we're going to come back to later on in our conversation. After we hear a little bit more about Dr. Shirley Chichu, the festival was established in 2002 by Dr. Chichu, and it's one of Canada's most meaningful centers of learning. It's the first of its kind. This a nonprofit center educates and inspires Indigenous and diverse youth with its its logistics, programming, integrating creative and life skills. Now, Shirley is an accomplished artist, actor, filmmaker. She's been working in the Indigenous community for over 30 years, a multi-award winning filmmaker, and uh, is the first person from a First Nation to write, produce, direct and act in a feature-length dramatic film in Canada. It's entitled Bear Walker, or AKA Backgrounds, which debuted at the 2000 Sundance Film Festival and had a market screening at the Cannes Film Festival in France. Now, she began directing films in 1998 after working as a playwright, actor, and director of notable plays. Her directorial debut, the award-winning short film Silent Tears, was screened at the 1998 Sundance Film Festival and was also awarded the Telefilm Canada and Northern Canada Award for Best Canadian Aboriginal Language Programming. 
So it is a pleasure to welcome Dr. Shirley Chichu to talk about the uh, approaching the 20 years and what's going on with the uh, the Wingush Film Institute because you guys now have um, you're, you're actually got a new building being designed and built to honor this, correct? Well, yeah. With uh, the Turtle Island project, we're 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 in the very early stages of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing a feasibility study and a business plan, business plan with um, FedNor and uh, NOHFC as as our fina- financial support mm-hmm. to 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 do the study. And but right now, Wingush Film Institute, we're we're still we're still in an expanding stage. Mm. You know, we're we are expanding towards uh, like um, having a new you know a portable kind of building, like you know those steel buildings mm. that's going to be going beside the original building here. Mm-hmm. That's going to that's going to house our three D animation program. Nice. And 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 beside this building, we now we're, we're also building a yurt, and we're going to have a teepee, and we're going to have prospector tents, you know, for our land-based training program. That's going to start uh, immersion program starting in uh, in the fall of 2022. Mm. Oh, we're, because because we've been in this warehouse, the school is like a warehouse. We've been here for you know since 20. 2009 with our first program that came in and we we were always having trouble of um you know saying no to to so many people that want to come to the school Mm -hmm. because we only could take 10 people every year right because there is no there's no place to accommodate them in this building but with this uh, new portion that we're putting on back here, you know, we're, we'll be able to put our, our CD, I mean, 3D animation program. And also, you know, with our Lab 2 program and also go in there while our Lab 1 will still remain in the, in the warehouse like they've done for many years. Mm. But we're, we're also, you know, putting out, you know, um, program courses in in uh, online in on, online learning mm. and th- and this this January we're going to begin our um, indigenous governance program mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be online and business in film is going to also be online from January so we're, we're also expanding our programs to so that when when the time comes when the Turtle Island building is finally going up you know we have programs I mean, to actually put into this big mm, building, mm. you know, so we're expanding that way. But with the Turtle Island um, project, you know, the the model was in Benali, at the architect yeah. Benali in Venice, right. yeah. which, you know, people, you know, raving about the building. <laughs> my my original vision of 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 the um, new building myself was going to have two turtles facing each other mm. and in and in the center of each turtle as you know the the turtle has a an, you know a circle at the top of the the, mm-hmm. the, the shell right sure. from those two from those two circles there would be a, a beam of light that would go into the sky in the shape of a, a teepee Ah. You know, and then on the on the on the background of, of the turtle would sit all these different lodgings from different cultures around the world. Hmm. It, it, so it wouldn't be a residence of a square building mm. because 
us, us native people, we're always going in a circle, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, building something square is not appropriate. That's mm. how I grew up right. in a square building at a residential school. Everything mm. was square. Mm. And then when I left, when I left residential school, all I saw was squares, squares on sidewalks, squares on everywhere. Mm. Everything was made into a square, right. you know, and, and, and that, that really, you know, threw my whole vision off from coming from the bush, living on, in, a, in a wigwam, living with my parents and, you yeah. know, in a trap line and different things, mm. you know, and then when I came into the white society, everything was square. Right. It just threw my whole body out. Yeah. So I want to bring that back to the youth. Mm. Now, you said that was your original idea to have two turtles. Is that still the plan? I am really hoping that the vision that I have will eventually be there. Mm. You know, it is very hard to get funding for, you know, for for things like this, right? Sure. So I'm told by, you know, by the funders and my board of directors, just build one turtle for now and see what happens. Mm. Right. You know, and, it's you know, a start. And, and hope that, you know, someday that vision will be there. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start, right? It's a great start. It's a great vision. Yeah. <laughs> and, and something to something to uh, to reach towards to expand on. That sounds wonderful. What a great idea and, and vision that you have there. Thank you, uh, Chimiguetch, for sharing that because uh, I was I could see this as you were explaining it. So it's wonderful. Now, I, I want to ask you something, you know, from a couple of things you mentioned age and we also talked about some of the some of the 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 things that you have done in your career and that you awarded now i know that you also uh, are a recipient of an inspire award uh in 2008 i believe yes now part of what you said there was you you regret that you started later in life and i'm wondering now as you look back about what you've accomplished how do you feel about it all well, I mean, I say I started really late in life because I I was really, you know, in a very destructive place mm. when I left the residential school. Yep. You know, I didn't belong in the white society. I didn't belong at home in, in with my uh, with my community. So I I was sort of like right in the middle, trying to find my path. Mm. And during during that time, you know. Yes, I was drinking. Yes, I did some drugs. I, you know, I did a lot of destructive stuff to myself. Mm. You know, and 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 then one day I said to myself, "Why? Why am I doing this?" You know, yes, I'm carrying all this pain that I, you know, that I was sexually abused and physically abused in the residential school. Why am I carrying all this pain like this? Why can't I put this pain somewhere else? You know, and then. And then I started writing, you know, and writing down my, my feelings every day. I would write, write, you know, mm. and, and, and then I, and then I said, you know, like I have, I have all this plane. I need to find a goal. What that goal is, wh- what do I do with the pain? Mm. And I came to a place that I have to put this useless pain into a very constructive place. Mm. And if I, and, and, and by, by saying that, I realized I wasn't alone, you know. Yeah. I I have siblings that are going through the same thing. Sure. 
uh, you know, and I see other children going through the same thing. Right. And I said, I have to find a way to to help all these people that are falling through the cracks. Mm. Maybe not all of them, but to help some of them, mm. you know, to find a path, of, you know, for a brighter future, a sustainable future for them, right? Yeah. And so that's where I set that goal. And when I did my first film on Manitoulin Island, Bear Walker, I had 27 youth work on my film. Mm. And and when I when I finished the film, these kids came to me and said, "When are you doing your next film? You know, <laughs> we really like this, you know." And then I realized they have no resources. Mm. I had no resources growing up. Nobody nobody yeah. showed me, you yeah. know, how how where I'm supposed to do or what I'm what I how I can better myself, yeah. you know. And I said. I have to start something, a resource for these young people that they that they can use to better themselves, and that's where I came. I said, "Film, yeah. film really helped me." My first film, Silent Tears, mm. really helped me to understand myself mm. because from from that from making that film, I I I realized what how I could become a business person. Mm. You know, I I had to do the whole film by myself. Yeah. And then I, I said, I have to use this tool to teach others because others, what these young people, they will need to, they will learn how to read. They will learn how to write. They will learn leadership skills, business skills, budgeting, everything that they need, math, physics, science mm. that they need in order to have a better lifestyle. Mm. And that's why I, I chose to do um, film to be the tool to educate these young people. And, and, I, and I founded Wingash Film Institute. Ah, Jimmy Gwetch for sharing that. You know, the other thing that I, I think of when you say that is the fact that film is very much sort of an, an or oratory way of presenting information and sharing information. So it it's kind of full circle, isn't it? Coming back to the traditional way of, of sharing information. Yeah, the most important thing about the media arts is that they are given a voice. Mm. I started the Wingash International Film Festival so that these films that these young people are making can be heard beyond being just at Wingash Film mm-hmm. Institute. Mm-hmm. They now have a festival that they can have people hear their voices, you right. know, and there's so many of us residential school warriors that need to speak up for voices that varies long before, long before I was even born. Mm. Yes. You know, all those voices need to be heard, you know, you know, and if we, and if we give those young people, those children voices, Maybe their cries are not going to be so prominent out there. Right. It it, it is it is really painful to watch, you know, from my point of view as a residential school warrior, to watch young people going through this intergenerational trauma. Mm. And the reason why I call myself a warrior is because I am challenged from my experience every day. And, and I'm always been able to overcome each challenge that's put in front of me. And that is why I call myself a warrior. Mm. And, and, and when you, and you call the residential school survivors warriors, you empower young people. 
Mm. Our young people are saying, I am the way I am because my mother went to residential school. My grandfather went to residential school. We need to empower those young people by saying, I am proud that my mother went there because now I can fight as well and mm. become something. Wow. So I'm getting emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. Uh, my dad uh, was taken away from his community, so he wouldn't go to the uh, the mush hole. I went to that school you just mentioned. You did, you know, the Mohawk Institute. Yeah, you know, and and um, that was so far away from my parents. Yeah, I, my parents were up in Moose Factory, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Right. And they took me away and took me all the way to Mohawk Institute in Brantford. Yeah. You know, thousands of miles away from my parents. Mm. You know, that was that was the most painful part. I remember, you know, traveling and traveling and, and knowing I'm traveling further and further away from my parents. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that and that was only to you know, to separate my my family. My sister went to a different residential school. My brother went to a different residential school. So I, we didn't even know them, right? Wow. And then you, then you go home for six weeks. You're just starting to get to know each other. Then you have to leave again, you right, know? Right. That, right. That, that was, you know, a very painful time yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, well, as I'm sure you know that the uh, the Mohawk Institute was given back to the community, which became the Woodland Cultural Center. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a further story there. When you said that you went there, um, well, uh, I have a direct connection to that. In fact, I have a direct connection to the girls' dormitory because I was looking for a place to open up my business. And someone mm-hmm. suggested the Woodland Cultural Center, and it ended up being that, that I had my business located in the girls' dormitory area for a long time until they uh, finally closed it because they were going to, well, it was suffering from all kinds of uh, structural damage and leaks and all kinds of things. And, of course, I'm sure you know now that it's starting to be be rebuilt uh, into that that, uh, museum, um, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, save save the evidence campaign and stuff. Yeah. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest here on the show is Dr. Shirley Chichu, and we're talking to her about, uh, well, she's been talking about being a residential school warrior. And we're talking also about the Wingush Film Institute on Manitoulin Island, uh, approaching its 20th year, and also uh, as she uh, starts to build and, and have a vision for the future. We've been talking about her plans to expand so that they can get more uh, students to attend the Institute. Uh, now, uh, Shirley, what you mentioned that you were limited to about 10 students um, and, and you had a lot of requests by other students that want to attend the Film Institute. What are you hoping that this will now bring and you can expand this to in the future for more students to attend? Well, I'm hoping that you know we're we're going to be able to to take like um, four intakes a year of mm. uh, of of the youth to go mm-hmm. through the um, the the turtle. You know, once they enter the turtle, you know they will go left, and just like a sweat lodge, right. they will learn everything and come out on mm. the on the right on mm. the right hand side of the mm. of the lodge, right. which is which is the turtle. Mm. You know, so every every. Uh, 
every we're thinking every four intakes each year because right now we're getting you know applications for this building here that only takes 10 10 students here you know we're we're getting at least 50 50 to 60 people applying every year Mm. and we can only take 10 and it's really sad that we can't be able to take more more students because the other problem that we also have is that there there is no accommodations for them right you know and 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 building a one turtle is going to be a problem for us if there is no residences. Yes. You know, and, and that is another thing that has to be addressed in our feasibility studies so yeah. that, you know, people come from other countries. Mm. I mean, we have people applying from Africa now, wow. you know, to our school. So, you know, it, we, we have international interest. Mm. Where are these people going to stay when they yeah. do come, you know? It's very true. So, yeah. if there's anybody out there who wants to build a residence, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome to come to the land here. <laughs> <laughs> so now, whereabouts is the actual institute located uh, on Manitoulin Island? There's several First Nations. Yeah, it's located right beside um, Chigane First Nation. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. That's where that's where the whole um, school is going to be built. Is right here, and and there is a really. Um, a nice model that that's been built. If you go to the Venice um, architectural Benelli, mm-hmm. the model is actually you know installed there. Yes. Now the other thing you mentioned there about uh, accommodations for students. Um, at this point, you say you've got now students applying from Africa, and you've got people applying from around the world. It sounds like to go. Um, when has everyone been local at this point? I mean, where have people been staying if they've been coming into the community from outside? Are they are they been uh, they, they've been uh, renting rooms from people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the community? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the impact is actually you know the school impact is actually in our community because all the students now you know go in and and find rooms in the residence Mm. and and um they they find residence in the community yeah and so um so they they're bringing all that to the community as well to the stores you know the gas station you know so it is. It's going to be a bigger impact if we have more students yeah. that come come to Manitoulin Island. You know, so it's it, it, the school will be a very good economic impact. Yeah. What are the age ranges of the students that you're looking at? The age range for the students is, you know, I'd like to take people over eighteen. Mm-hmm. We have taken people who are sixteen, seventeen. You know, who who are trying to get. Um, uh, their grade 12 credits mm. and what that what the high schools are doing is allowing them to take our course here and giving them their grade 12 credit right you That's know right. Yeah. so they're able to graduate from here mm-hmm. but i don't want to take anybody out of high school they want to say well i'm going right. to go over there instead you know sure because you know people should have their you know secondary education yes you know if they if they uh, if they can do it mm-hmm but but we also take people, uh, you know, thirty and plus. We've had people here who are in their fifties and their sixties wow. that have taken the course. That's great. What have you got in mind for the twentieth anniversary? As you come, you know, we're we're quickly approaching twenty twenty two. I my my plan for for that is to have uh, the celebration of women 
and and it's going to be you know right it's going to be um i'm going to just give a note here <laughs> Uh, the celebration is going to be about the celebration of women. Mm. Everything we, we want to do is to celebrate all the murdered and missing women. Oh yes, as yes. well during that time. Right, and we're also we're also going to show we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna celebrate it with our our film festival, Wingush International Film Festival, where all the films are going to be done by women, mm. and and also. All our awards are going to be all women awards, <laughs> so it's going to be all about women for the twentieth anniversary. Wow, that sounds great. What are some of the comments you've heard from some of the students that have passed through the institute? Well, we we started our land-based training program, let's say last fall. Mm. We took them on a moose camp, you know, oh, yeah. and and when they came back from moose camp, the students were saying. For the first time, they learned how to be silent, <laughs> and they learned how to be how to listen. Mm. You know, and and also it it gave us a lot of time to think about ourselves, our our, our about our bodies, our mental state, our physical state, <laughs> while we were in the bush, you know, waiting for moose, mm. right? And 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 when they when they came back to 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 Wingash, uh, the writing program is used to be on. Six six months long because mm. that's how long it used to take them to write a script. Right. They came back last year, and every one of them wrote a script in six weeks. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. You know, so yeah, and a lot of them have come out. You know, the the two spirited yeah. people. Yeah. You know, they came out while they're at Wingash. Mm. You know, it, it opened them up. Yeah. You know, but but the thing about about having these young people is that these young people are having a rough time being listened to yeah. in their first nation communities as right. well. Sure, you know, and 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 when I listen to them, I know what lives they've been living. Mm. You know, and I have to be so patient with them mm. about how they want to learn. Sure, you know, and with. And with their knowledge keepers, the knowledge keepers treat them the same way. They listen to the young people. Mm. We, you know, what do you want? What, what you know? What is missing in your life? How can we help? You know, mm. you are safe here. You know, you're mm -hmm. safe in this environment, mm. right? So, so the students, you see the growth in them. Yeah. Everyone that comes through, I've seen the growth <laughs> from the day they come in till the day they leave. I had a student who burned himself when he first came in, burned himself on you know, his arms. By the time that student, you know, left that first year, he was not doing that anymore. Mm. A lot of them from coming from drugs and alcohol are not doing it anymore. Mm. You know, so and then a lot of them want to go back to high school. A lot of them want to go back to post secondary <laughs> school. And a lot of them want to start their own businesses. Right. So there is a success in, in this programming and especially with our land-based training program you know and and that's what i was saying that this immersion program that was going to start next fall is you know people are already phoning when can i get in can i get in can i yeah. get in you know it's this whole thing about accommodations 
You know, mm-hmm. they might have to live in their wigwams and their, sure. their you know prospector tents all year. <laughs> but you know, that is immersion. That's yeah, that's sure how is. I grew up. You yeah, know, I lived yeah. in a prospector tent all winter with my parents. Mm. You know, and that's how I learned about land base. You know, how it all works. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was wonderful to hear. I am so happy to hear about the success and, uh, as you say, that that uh, how that is helping these these youth and these people that are going through this land-based program. Wow, uh, Nyawa and Chimigwech for taking the time to join us and share this with us. Yeah, well, can I, can I just say one more thing? Yep. Um, Wingash, I picked Wingash because it means sweet grass hmm. in, in the Anishinaabe culture. Mm. Lovely, lovely. Thank you for sharing that. And one, I'll ask you one more question, and that is, when does the Film Institute, uh, when is it going to be running? When, when, is the, uh, when is that going to run next year? Well, we, we start usually in September okay. until, you know, June. Okay. But this year, because of COVID, we were going to start in January, mm. and we're just going to have a very intensive course until mm. June, and then everything else will start again in um in, in the fall of 2022. Okay, wonderful. Well, Nyawa and Chimigwech, once again, for taking the time to join us on the show. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you, and I look forward to having another conversation with you, perhaps on Manitoulin Island, if I can ever get up there. <laughs> come, come for a festival. Okay, I will do that. Thanks again for joining us, uh, Shirley. Thank you. All right, you take care. Okay, miigwech. Ona. That's Dr. Shirley Chichu. It's been a pleasure speaking with her. Bye-bye. And uh, speaking with her about the Wingush Film Institute. And that is our show for today here on Moment of Truth. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, David Moses. And we'll see you again tomorrow right here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.